everybody welcome it is uh, the yard sign uh coming to you monday nights as we always do johnny torres your host we appreciate you watching the most conservative political most diverse conservative political <laughs> podcast in politics um we've got of course plenty to talk to you about as we always do as we bring you this week's news and politics um we've got uh, familiar faces on the show today so let's go ahead and uh bring you up to speed on today's topics uh, as we get started here uh let's see russia uh, we're gonna do a ukraine versus russia update also twitter getting musky with uh, mr elon we'll give you an update as to how that's progressing also DeSantis getting stoned and no it's not the new marijuana laws it's Roger Stone and uh, DeSantis possibly going at it there may be a possible feud there we'll kind of speculate on uh, whether or not it's actually a thing or um, or is this all you know again just kind of political theater uh, and then we'll kind of give you an update on a variety of things happening around the Tampa Bay area politically uh, as we typically do uh, in the meantime let's go ahead over to the big table to uh, introduce you to today's familiar faces this is Joe Wicker to my right and uh, over to the far right and evil david cabrera i'm glad that you emphasize far right every single time we have these conversations <laughs> yeah i'm definitely not uh -huh. in the center typically <laughs> <laughs> right. i i only yeah. sit in the center yeah you only sit in the center you only yeah. sit in the center because it we're, play nice. in the middle of the road you get run over in politics ah, oh and now what they say in politics you play in the middle of the road you get run over oh i like that one good times good times all right so uh yeah you know both of you guys actually it's funny i kind of feel like i'm more of like the general american public at this point because both of you really wanted to kind of go in on this first topic as we uh bring you up to speed on what's happening in ukraine versus russia um uh, why do you say you're like did, the general public what did I the general do? public because doesn't care anymore are you yes. to talk about <laughs> exactly like they're ready yeah. to move on it's not like yeah. people aren't dying they're checked out it's fine. i mean they yeah. are that's we, not yeah. true you know, I think the no, I think the majority of the American public is checked out. I don't think people I are think really the majority so. of Americans believe in us continuing to support the Ukrainians. But whatever. I'm not saying that. Give me five minutes, I'll find a poll. That's not uh, that's not the point I'm making. Yes, of course, does the American po uh, public want to continue to support the Ukrainians? Yes, but do are they actually paying attention every day like they used to as to how this was developing and the, and you know and, and what's happening where? No, I don't think that anybody's watching that closely anymore. No, that's not what CNN believes. And and, uh, well, CNN is also going bankrupt thanks to CNN yeah. Plus. Um, three hundred so, million dollars. Well, three hundred million dollars. What for happened that, for three hundred million? For that piece of garbage. Well, they launched CNN Plus, which is an online right. news streaming, like streaming service, thing. Right. right? And it, it's tanked. I mean, basically, their numbers are abysmal. They're already announcing they rounds it? of layoffs. Oh, did they sell it or no? They just launched million? it. They that's how much they, they spent to, oh, that's to how build much it. Spent to go, okay, but it was Jeff Zucker. That was the investment. Okay. It was Jeff Zucker's pet project, and uh, of course, I you know now the timing of both the Cuomo thing and his resignation and this happening all at the same time right. looks uh, awfully suspect as this, I mean, is basically a flaming dumpster fire right well, now. Well, just, just like almost. most large legacy type companies, right? They're slow to the, to the action. Sure. I mean, they're just now trying to get in. It's like people are already getting their news streaming and online in other ways yeah well and like you're showing up pretty late to the party like fox fox has fox news now uh, yeah. which again is kind of pretty straightforward fox nation news. i think it was or, it's called is oh that, there's yeah. a fox nation yeah it's considered fox Nation. that's and, the one you pay you have to pay for yes right yeah and uh and that one's struggling i mean it's not doing great now for this one i think what's ironic is that they were able to steal away chris wallace uh from fox <clears> news <throat> and uh, i am willing to bet 
I'll give it maybe two years at most, and Chris Wallace is going to be out there finding finding a new job. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, you, whenever I don't watch, I watch hardly no TV at this point. Um, but it's about to be football season, so that'll change. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I remember when Fox was like they were promoting that thing or whatever, and they were promoting like all these stories that were going to be on and all these kind of like specials and stuff. And I mean, it was it was kind of like okay, that that might be something to watch. But then it's like, yeah, I'm not paying you. I'm already right. paying. I'm already paying a. Well, we don't have cable anymore, but you know what I mean. You're they paying. Have, yeah. You're paying a cable bill already. It's like how yeah. much? Oh, yeah. You know. They have but, more Democrats watching um, Fox Nation than they do actually watching CNN. If the cable companies were smart, which you know, I mean, it's their business. They obviously know what they're doing, I guess. But they would have. They would have been able to sell packages a la carte a long time ago yep. but because they refused that and they they would lock you into these oh it's like oh you want to watch the news we didn't know that well that's another 20 bucks oh you like sports well pff, i mean that's another 75 dollars if you want to watch right. that you know oh and on saturday too well we got to throw in that's this extreme package i mean it's like the way they would block you into stuff like you couldn't really, I mean, that's how you ended up with people. I, I don't do this personally, but that's how some people end up with $250 cable bills. Right. You know, because they're trying to get access to the things that they're interested in, especially if you have family, when what they should have done was sold people what they wanted a la carte, because now what people are doing is saying, screw that, I'll stream what I want, yep. you know, I'll go, I'll go pick and choose what I want, pay a couple bucks. I'd rather pay for the expensive internet, which gets me a lot more use. Yeah. And then pay for the streaming services yeah. and to pay for I get, cable bill. I get what, yeah. what both of you guys are saying. However, I know someone that actually pay, that spends $200 a month on some form of entertainment that in regards to the cable. To if, if, because my parents have every single channel that man has created. And when you walk in the, in the house, years. the TV's like on 150 volume. Oh, yeah. And, well, and you're yeah, like, they're ah, over the age of 60. Yeah, you walk in, the TV's up real loud. So you're like, I don't know why they have 7,000 channels when the only thing they're watching is NCIS and the Bible channel. But streaming has been able to solve the biggest problem the television has always had, which is that you could have every channel in the world and there was never anything good to watch. Right? <laughs> right. It was like, it was, right. it was like, right. you're, that's, what, that's why you find yourself flipping, yeah, flipping right. through the channels. Especially like, like in the summer. I mean, in yeah. the summer, you know, it may be two o'clock in the afternoon on a saturday and you're like there's nothing to watch yeah. but now with streaming you obviously have yeah. a yeah. multitude of options yeah. Yeah. and you can pick and choose you know whether it's a movie documentary a sporting event you know what whatever you want i think there's more money to be made in that because yeah. you know i'm willing to pay like 15 bucks to watch a series or something but i'm not willing to lock myself in to paying 150 dollars right. to, to have the potential mm -hmm to catch something I like, you know, right? like, it's yeah. like, no, I'll just pay for what I want, you know? And that's but the thing. I'm it's, it's, if you like a certain type of entertainment, you know, then you pay for that type of entertainment, yeah. you know? Oh, so yeah. for instance, for me, like I have no need for ESPN plus, you know, and, and what's, what's bothering me now is that these companies are intentionally putting some of their what would have been mainstream programming now on these streaming services to get you to join these streaming services yeah yeah you know and so uh, uh you know there was a there was a game the other day it was a like a men's soccer game of a world cup qualifier normally that would have been on uh, you know on right on tv somewhere that you could watch no i had to get par I, they wanted you to get paramount plus 
to be able to right. watch the soccer game. Right. It's like I don't want to get Paramount right. Plus because right. I'm never going to use right. it. Right, 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 right. So you have, end up having to subscribe. Well, when some of those things happen, like I think CBS Sports for some reason was I just watch I just like college football. I don't I don't yeah. watch anything else usually when it comes to sports. And so there was this game and it was for whatever reason on CBS Sports and I'm like having now I'm having to like download the app and I'm having to like subscribe or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? Just as a matter of principle, I'm not paying. I will go to a sports bar. Yeah. Exactly. I'll go to the sports bar if I right. have to. I'm not paying. Well, and and so like my dad, for instance, um, who doesn't have internet uh, because he has no need for it, you know, he's paying for all the Spanish language channels, which are extra, right? You know, so he still has like some ridiculous cable bill because he's asking for these specialty channels that they don't offer. So you, so you can't call in and be like. Um, and be like, hey, you know, I, I only speak Spanish, and I just want the Spanish version. Like, there's no you like can, you, you but they're still having, charging they're the same. Charge. So you yeah. have to buy all the other stuff just to get the Spanish language. You version. have to have the basic cable plus okay. then whatever specialty yeah. channels you want. Yeah. So everybody. So then anybody that has English as a second language that really wants to watch the news in their language, I mean, they're definitely paying. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. But getting back to our first topic, you know. Uh, uh, again, I just think people have checked out. We don't have the attention span for it, especially something that we're not intimately involved in. Um, much like both of you on the show. Uh, <laughs> but well, I'm texting about our next topic. We had a lot topic. of time to get ready for I'm this. I'm texting about still... our next topic. And, and so, that's what you want to say. Yes. I mean, there has okay. been some developments, and, and at least from the surface, again, you know, as a casual viewer of the war, um, I would say that the <laughs> tide, <laughs> as the, the tide is kind of swinging in Ukraine's favor. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it seems like it, you know, but of course, the narrative from the news media is going to be that, right? Because that's who they're rooting for. Um, you know, that's the outcome they're hoping for. So, as a Russian plant, are you done with your. A response to the the war right now go ahead mr russian plant so i was calling you the russian plant at the moment me i was saying ukraine's winning this thing you were very wait a minute are we picking sides or something like are, are we, we supposed to, to do that ahead of time do you know how much money the u.s government has already <laughs> dumped into this oh god yeah no okay. i'm saying we like a are you getting ready to like pitch for russia or something why would i say that i don't know i'm just asking i, I mean i mean maybe you're a little shaky no, well, I'm not shaking a on this issue. I don't know. No, it's it's Johnny. He says that everyone's checked out on this. All right, Lennon. So only <laughs> <laughs> only 36 percent of Americans. Two out of three that, panelists agree that you know you're a Russian plant, and that is and that's a legit poll. <laughs> Anyways, only what is it? Who is blasting our comment section right now? Anyways. Uh, only 36% of Americans say that Biden is doing a good job when it comes to the response in Ukraine, while the other 52% say he is not. Also, a large percentage is saying that he's not doing enough and he's not aggressive enough. Of course, Americans want an aggressive president at the moment. 81% of Republicans uh, say that, that the Biden's response is fair, as fair or poor, and then Democrats are in the same position. Uh, in regards to Americans being checked in or checked out, most Americans say they are, pay they are paying close attention to Ukraine. More than 90% of uh, respondents answered correctly that Russia invaded Ukraine and not the other way around. 2% of the American population believes that Russia invaded uh, Ukraine invaded Russia, which I thought was phenomenal for them to check it. Mm. Uh, and more than 80% know that the U.S. has imposed economic sanctions in response. I don't know where you can't find 
can't have some kind of understanding of what's going on. All of the news networks have reporters there. I mean, reporters have died. And so it's a really big deal. It's the first, like, usually 20 minutes of every broadcast in the country is dedicated dedicated to update on, uh, on Ukraine. So I think Americans are very much checked in. I think everyone is aware of the situation. They're aware that we're giving them aid and that they want to continue that. Okay, but then so where are we in all of this? I mean, because again, I I stopped watching TV news, cable news a long time ago, um, and so my question is, you know, where are we in the reality of things? I mean, you know, I mean, how much longer uh, do you do you see this going? You know, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Russia seems to not be able to kind of get their their plans together. To you know, they're they're trying to get a reset. You know, here they're trying to to. to uh, get something, some kind of momentum going. Um, but in, in, I mean, in, again, in, it seems to me that Ukraine has done a pretty good job of holding them off. Have you watched anything from the updates for well, Ukraine? You know, I think a lot of people. I mean, they've tried got to, Kiev. I mean, safe enough to have brought. Uh, didn't Biden uh, go to Kiev? No, no, Biden did not go. Or who to did? Kiev. Oh no. no, Boris Johnson went to Kiev. Yeah, yeah, because that's the, what a real leadership British. looks like. Yeah, the British prime. Uh, yeah, British prime minister. Prime minister. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are looking for simple answers, and war just doesn't end up that way. Right. I mean, people want to know who's winning. You know, it's the score isn't exactly. You know, like you know, keeping score in war is uh, people don't even agree on how to keep score. Right. First of all, right, because people have different objectives. I mean. If you're a Ukrainian, your objective is to see the last Russian soldier walk back across the border. Correct. Okay. That doesn't mean that your country is not going to be completely leveled. Yeah. I think America I think Americans right now, I think the first set of showing the sign of completion was the fact that Kiev did not fall. I think everyone was expecting it. Yeah. The the intellectuals and the and the uh, generals were saying that it was going to fall within the first like within 24 hours or 48 hours a week and it never fell and to the point to where you got to see how resilient the Ukrainian military was because again they've had eight years to prepare for this invasion and also you saw the in in, in ineptitude of the Russian military and not even the ineptitude of the soldiers fighting but the but the big win is the the ineptitude of the logistics of war itself and I know we talked, we've talked about this a little bit about how you really can win or lose a battle by if you can't, I mean, you can have the best tank in the field, but if you can't get gas to that tank, it means absolutely nothing. All right. It's a pillbox at that point. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. There, like I said, I think a lot of people are looking for some kind of definitive answers like who's winning. Well, that's the definition of winning is, uh, can be, can be different for each party. Um, I think it's different for the United States. I think it's different based on what your interests are. So if you're Russia and what is your objective? Is your objective just to take some land in the east of Ukraine? Well, that might very well end up happening. Is your objective well, no, to uh, instill objective a puppet government? Out, yeah, it was to take out all of Ukraine. Is it, is it to instill a puppet government like you have in Belarus that'll be friendly to Moscow? Well, okay, that hasn't happened yet. Is it to <clears throat> is it to conquer Ukraine as a country and and bring it back into the fold of of the old Soviet Union? I doubt that that's the case. Um, but but either way, how you would measure success would would change based on those objectives. If you're in a Ukrainian, see, this is the thing about like um, like the the Taliban in, in Afghanistan. If you think about it, it's like well, 
you know, the, when, if you're the invader of a country and, and your goal is to conquer the country and set up a, a different form of government, which I think is, I think to a certain degree, Russia wants a different form of government. They want a government that's friendly to Moscow, um, whether they control the country or not. They want to control it through proxy government. Well, the Ukrainians don't have to actually defeat you on the battlefield. They just have to not lose. Correct. And and as long as the Ukrainians are willing to fight and create an insurgency and harass the Russians and never really give up, well, then they haven't they haven't really lost. Is that really at the war and, of attrition? I mean, that would probably be what well, would best describe that. Well, well, it's just it's kind of like in Afghanistan. The, did the Taliban have to win or did they just have to not lose? They, the Taliban yeah, the never Taliban won a battle. Out. They never won a battle. They, they never won anything. They just had to not lose. And so um, now they control the government of Afghanistan. So the Ukrainians don't have to necessarily win. They just have to not lose. The Russians have different objectives. But um, actually, you know, it seems like the media is definitely trying to push a pro-Ukrainian narrative, which I'm fine with that. I want the Ukrainians to, to remain free. But I think, I think you also need to be honest about your war reporting. And there are some former military officers that are out there trying to tell people that, you know, Russia is going to win militarily, that it's just a matter of time. I think I don't agree with that statement anymore. I, I did in the beginning of this. Uh, and then we got to see what their military hardware looks like. They are down to, they're not going to pull troops from around the other borders to try to infiltrate or try to regain some of the the people that, have, that they've lost. I mean, if you're telling me that they've lost 20,000 soldiers that probably also tells me that they are there's another 10 20 30 that are injured or that have just disappeared and so when you walk into ukraine with 150,000 troops and you're already down half of that i don't see you had to regroup there was no way around it also they just lost their eighth general we're down was it they killed two more and they're down to half of the generals that yeah they started i think with in the but country? see I, th I think a lot of this though is the reason why American, the American media and Americans in general are surprised by some of these things is because we look at, we tend to look at other people's conflicts through an American lens. You know, if we had eight American generals die in a conflict over the course of 30 to 45 days, we would be like, what in the world is going on? But that's because we have effective command and control yeah, but we have subordinate happen. commanders that are on the ground this, did, did, did this happen in no in but, no That's but he, it's a I, I know but hear me out hear me out there's a reason why the the russians are losing flag officers in the field of battle because that's what's required for them to be able to move their forces forward it requires uh it, you know they're they do not have a good nco corps they don't have strong sergeants that are leading the fight they have to bring their officers closer to the line and obviously these generals are getting themselves onto the front in order to probably see what's going on with their own eyes because they don't trust the information that's coming in because they probably don't have the capability to get the information from other sources they probably don't have good signals intelligence they don't have good imagery they probably don't have good human intelligence but doesn't that um, tell you that so it's they're a putting themselves different ball game than what we it, expected no 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 you that's expected the way, this many generals to get killed in, in ukraine well you expect i'm not Ukrainians a student of russian well i'm not a student of like russian military strategy but it doesn't surprise me that if military generals have to go to the front to be able to make maneuver decisions that they that they would lose 
some of those generals because they're out there they're in command and control vehicles um the ukrainians have uavs up if they see a vehicle with a bunch of antennas they're going to attack it because it looks like a command and control vehicle things like that so i'm not surprised um you know in the american military who you would see dying from a commander perspective you would see lieutenants you would see captains um because those are the company grade level officers that would be in conflict with their soldiers leading the fight um but for the for the russians they have all these conscripts all these low-level soldiers who have poor leadership poor logistics um, poor command and control so it just it requires their officers to come down to the lowest level to help lead the fight that's why you're seeing that and we look at that through an american lens and say oh that's terrible maybe the russians don't care maybe they're like hey that's what happens you lead soldiers and you die i mean we don't know that they view it the same way so the what we're seeing now and i, I had to pull up a, a report from the washington post a few years ago because they did an analysis to determine what is the breakdown between generals that were lost to afghanistan and in the, the number was three generals that were lost in the afghanistan conflict yep. which yep. was much longer than it was as now so right there it shows you that because the army that's fighting now, the russian army that's fighting now is nowhere compared to the boogeyman that i think the u.s media was yes. giving us now well I, absolutely that also so, absolutely uh, our, our intelligence on the ground, uh, thank you, Mr. Serbiak, uh, has been telling us for a while now that the, the what we see in the battlefield right now is really a show of the the lack of leadership in the military in the Russian military. Also, the lack of uh, controls when it comes to the Russian military uh, industrial complex. There are reports before the war even started that the reason why there's there are bombs hitting hospitals and nurseries and everything else is not because they're purposely doing that. It's because they're dropping dumb bombs honestly the strategic bombs they don't have that anymore that's a, a, that's another good point no a, I, the company I, that I was, agree the company that was generating that was creating these uh, smart bombs they were facilitating 60 bombs in six months and uh and russia's already dropped over a thousand bombs on ukraine so what we're seeing yeah. is the, the the complete lack of central government and central control when it comes to the the military industrial complex now it's it's actually it's it's kind of the opposite they they're they're very centralized they're not decentralized that's why the that's that's the why the general that's why the generals are so 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 close to the action but but to your point um Yes. Um, again, it's the American perspective and the American media's perspective of a foreign war. They'll say things like, oh, they hit this school and they hit, you know, this uh, they, they bombed these people here and it was right next to this ancient Orthodox Ukrainian church. It's like, guys, well, first of all, any building uh, that's being utilized for military purposes doesn't doesn't have any protections uh, placed on it. But I don't even think that's the issue here. I, I don't think that's like the you issue. said, the Russians don't. They obviously do not have the type of precision munitions that we're used to seeing. And I think Americans. I mean, you got to remember, Desert Storm is what introduced Americans to these TV guy. You know, they were watching bombs go into the into the window on TV, right? I mean, that's what we're used to. That's not what Russia's doing. To your point, and so when they have to fire off artillery. You know, if they're using a multiple a MLRS, a multiple launch rocket system, uh, think of a truck just firing, you know, 24 rockets at a time. I mean, these things are going into general areas that they think are military targets that they need to destroy. And in the process, they are 
destroying civilian uh, buildings and killing innocent civilians. And that's collateral damage. And that's something that we obsess over, but it's not something that most of the world obsesses over. The Russians don't care. And if they have to kill a bunch of people and do a lot of damage and break a lot of things to accomplish their military objectives, which I believe is about destroying the Ukrainian military forces out on the battlefield, if it takes them breaking some other things in the process, they're going to be more than happy to do it because to your point in evil, they really don't have a choice because they're not good enough to precision target every yeah what, whatever putin wanted to achieve with the invasion of ukraine has completely backfired he didn't want the addition uh, add additional countries going to nato sweden and finland are going to be added uh, probably this summer uh whatever Ukraine comes out of will probably be joining the EU as soon as this is, is wrapped up. And honestly, the way it's looking now, because now a lot more of our heavy artillery and heavy material, heavy um, weapons have come into the country. So it just takes time to get to the other side of the country. Cause we'll see. I'm, I'm not as optimistic I'm, I'm about pretty, some I'm, of our shipments. I'm I mean, pretty, I'm pretty, I who, who's managing all of this? Like, if you're sending money to Ukraine, where is it really going? And do you who is really managing think Americans aren't in control right. somewhat to where the, I mean, those, well, those things are going? Well, Americans are definitely in control of uh, that. Well, okay, so so this would just be my point. I know we want to move on from this topic, but we, we're sending over now, I think, 18 155 artillery pieces. That's 155 millimeter artillery um, guns. We're sending over the ammunition associated with that. Um, we're sending over, I think, some other hardware. Okay, how is that stuff getting to the front? Who are we sending it to? It's got to go by rail. You can't um, see that's the problem. You can send tanks and you can send um, artillery pieces. All this equipment has to get there somehow. Ukraine is the size of Texas. So if it comes in from Poland to get it to the other side of the country to the front, I mean, that that that's a logistical operation in and of itself that requires been, combat power to secure it all the way to the front i mean it's a big deal i'm just saying deal, it's but not, i think but they are showing that they're getting it done <clears throat> the fact that they're getting uh, supplies into into odessa they're gonna need a lot more than that, that they're getting yeah i mean we're gonna keep on sending i sh i feel and this is my only issue not even issue i think this is my position and i and i will probably get heat for it i think we should send them everything i honestly believe that we are currently in uh in a situation where it really is um us, uh, them versus us if we want to keep the system that we have now and we want to keep democracy and in, in the west then we have to show the line for for russia's aggression you cannot allow a country just because it's bigger to invade its neighbors just because oh sure and that's a huge thing that's happening now if russia is allowed to do it then many countries around the world are going to do the same thing if they if they was going to be if russia would have fallen the first or ukraine would have fallen the first week we would see this happening around the world oh yeah because now they see it can be done and the u.s won't do anything about well, it well my advice for the ukrainians would be to fight 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 correct forever never give up you'd, ra you'd rather you'd rather die free than 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 live on your knees just fight and don't and don't stop fighting um and fight unconventionally and yeah. do sabotage and all those other things build your own insurgency and don't rely 
on the international community because because the popularity of this war and the Facebook uh, what do you call them when people put their uh, the, oh, the border trending, they, trending. Yeah, yeah this is going to stop trending yes. at some point right yeah. the money's going to dry well, that up that was my point um, when you go to Subway it's not going to say would you like to give a dollar to the <laughs> children of Ukraine you know we're going to move on to the next shiny object yeah, here eventually right. and those people are going to be left out there still fighting so if yeah. you're in Ukraine yeah. and for some reason you're listening to the yard sign back in the United States. Uh, stockpile your like your stockpile your your beans and your bullets because that's what you're going to need. Yeah, well, I, I think can, so. There's a big deal with the timeline because if well, they stop by Russia wants this done by May 9th, which is the anniversary of fighting in in Europe for World War II. And he's already said that he wants this done before May 9th. I don't think this is done before no. May 9th. And if it is, it's because things have gone completely wrong for Ukraine. I don't think it'll be done. By I'm the not end of even. The year. I'm not even sure. I even believe that because the Eastern Europeans certainly much like Asian countries and Middle Eastern countries, they have a concept, they have an understanding of history that's just greater than ours in the sense that they they think in terms of like a hundred years ago that's and a thousand years ago. That's I mean, true. they no, they understand, they'll say things like, well, you know, Ukraine was Russia, you know, and what they're referencing is like, 250 years ago or right. something you know yeah, I mean, they're pulling they, something from history to, they, to dictate but that, the policy that's, that's they want how right they now think. that doesn't mean that I mean, you think you hundreds of years in the future that means you're using the history of the I'm past just saying, I'm to just manipulate saying, the current I'm culture i'm just saying to push that, forward that's well, how they that's how they think that's they, not how they think, they think uh, in terms of hundreds of years not, centuries let's go ahead and well neither of you know because neither of you are from there so let's exactly. just leave it at that what do we know let's try to get hector into the conversation here who's joined us on clubhouse if you haven't done so yet you can join us over on club house uh, search for yours truly johnny torres or you can search for our room the yard sign um and uh, we broadcast live on clubhouse every single week and uh hector is uh joining us let's see if we can get this thing operational here are you there um hector okay let me see we always it's always uh, well hector com here. hector commented on facebook about the weapons of mass destruction you know what that whole mutually assured destruction uh, theory which i mean i understand it exists I, I get it i i just i think people need to even stop talking about it like it's not yeah. happening russia's not going to launch nuclear weapons i don't i i'm no longer 100 percent in that position they don't need to they do need to no, they can just barrel bomb uh, Ukraine for the next ten years. Like they don't look at what Russia did to Syria. Do you if see they want to? They can the destroy economics, the entire the country. The current economics, what's happening in Russia, is unsustainable no, with the see, sanctions that we well, have that's right another, now. No, see, that's that another. That didn't point. happen in Syria. Let's, that's let's, happening let's now. Shift, let's shift real quick to the to the to the economy. Russia, Russia, actually, I know that their I know that their annual GDP is like that of like this. Uh, I mean, like a, an American state or something. They're not that big. They're the 11th but, largest, which is not that much, actually. Okay, right. But um, because, I mean, Florida is like the 16th largest economy in the world or something. Yeah, California but, is like five. Hello, hello. But, but, hey, but hello, the, hello. the Russians, hey, hey, Hector, we got you. But the Russians have a balanced budget. Yeah. The, the Russians have a balanced budget. The Russians they are about to. the default. They can't live are you on fiat currency right now. But they can't the live off are about of the default in we, their currency. <laughs> they don't live off fiat currency. They have uh, okay, a. They yes. actually have a balanced budget. When they spend money, when they sell fifty billion dollars of oil and turn around and take it to the bank, and when they go buy weapons from china or wherever they that they actually have that money russia doesn't buy and they weapons buy from china. something they and they use it yeah, they buy, uh, they, uh, aircraft engines 
they they don't they they have a balanced budget regardless of the fact that they are small as far as their economy compared to the United States, their budget is balanced. So my point is, is that when when Russia buys food for its military, it actually bought the food. It didn't print the money to buy food. It, they didn't have to inflate their their currency to buy the food. They actually had the money to pay for it. But yeah, and, Joe, but, but sorry to interrupt you guys. Uh, go ahead, you jump guys in, Hector. Come on. Happy Easter. Yep. Yeah, uh, you guys have to also look at it from, from a historical perspective. Putin, I don't think he cares about the economics or how he looks like to the rest of the world. That I agree with. He sees himself as the next great Russian leader. He takes he, What he's taking into his perspective is Russian history for about the year 800 when the Russian state was founded, ironically, in Kiev, to now. And throughout that all that history, Russian military philosophy has been the same. We don't care about civilians. We don't care about, you know, uh, law of war or the Geneva Convention. From the beginning of Russian history, the destruction of, civi- of civilian places of population is accepted because it was it is a major part of the founding story of what they say in the academia, the ethnogenesis of the Russian population. They operate on a different wavelength than the West. The West is where we, okay, we obey the Geneva Convention, the, the, the rules of war. We believe in the international, well, most of the West believes in the International Criminal Court in The Hague. The Russians are just completely separate from from that way of thought, and they're yep. operating in that in, in a in in their own in with their own philosophy. It's almost a a military ideology, if you will. Well, Hector, I mean, wouldn't you say they're they're just using the resources that they have? They're using common sense. They don't have smart weapons. They don't have the they don't have the ability to deconflict everything in a in a city. And I don't even yeah, they, yeah go ahead. And 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 if they try to develop smart weapons, I mean, they're they're an army that, for example, you might know about this, Joe. They fire uh, anti-tank missiles from the main gun of their tank. That's right. We don't. Right. Uh, so they do have some, quote-unquote, precision weapons, but right. in the overall, with their with their philosophy of how to conduct military operations, it's, it, it's, very, it's very black and white. I mean, exactly. there's evidence in Afghanistan of the Soviets just going into Afghan villages and wiping them off the face of the earth, not just with conventional weapons, but with a thing that the Afghans called yellow rain, which was basically mustard gas. Yeah, you know, um, you know, Hector, when people talk about Kiev and they're like, oh, the Russians tried to take Kiev and they failed. You know, in my mind, I was like, there's no way that that's the Russian main effort. There's no way they're actually trying to take Kiev. It, it, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't want to get out in front of myself here, but I'm pretty sure that what they did in Kiev was a feint. OK, to use yeah. kind of doctrinal terminology, yeah. was a, it was a feint where their main effort is spread out across the eastern and southern uh, borders of Ukraine. Sure, sure. If if Zelensky would have fled, 
uh, that would have been great. Sure, they attacked into Kiev just to see what happens, right? Probe the capital, yeah. hit hit your enemy's capital honestly, right off the start, I, honestly, just I don't to see what's going to happen. But and the they reason were, why they I don't believe that is because you had a forty yeah, mile, yeah, you had a forty mile thing. convoy outside of Kiev. An, an evil, why is that? Because, but, because they were they were preparing to invade the invade no, the city. I'm gonna tell you why. It was and the reason why it's forty miles long is because they didn't have the logistics to be able to support the 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 logistics of getting gas, food to those people and to those soldiers. Half of the stuff was blown up because. You're, there you're, for two weeks you, you with all due respect you you don't have an appreciation for the enormity of what it would take to actually conquer a major city i would remind you that the united states and we did it on the cheap and we paid a price for yeah. it we invaded iraq which really when you think about it yeah you fight your way through cities but really you're trying to go to baghdad okay i mean that's what you're doing we invaded iraq with 150,000 troops and it was Shinseki that said and got fired for it because Donald Rumsfeld didn't appreciate it, but he was right when he said you need 500,000 troops to occupy Iraq. Iraq is like not even a quarter. I think Iraq is like maybe a quarter of the size of Ukraine. The Russians are in no fashion attempting to conquer every city in Ukraine because they don't have the manpower to they do so. They were under the impression that they were coming to to bring Russian control into Ukraine. They thought that the government would fold and that they would have an easy way sure. in there. And that's why they, they used what they used to get into the country, thinking that it would fold, and it never did. And the, res the resistance was much more stronger than they were anticipating. The Russians have to, and I believe this is what they're really wanting. I actually think what's happening in the East and the South is actually what they want. They want to draw the Ukrainians out into the open to, to total warfare, artillery, tanks, infantry. I think they they want to draw the Ukrainians out the into Russians the open warfare. Yeah, because that's what because that's what they do. That's what they train for. They're not trained for urban warfare. They haven't done it since freaking World War II, and they really didn't do it then. They just destroyed everything in front of them. They're trying to pull. Yeah. They're trying to pull the Ukrainians out into the open field so they can destroy their their military. They're not interested in, in conquering each and every city within Ukraine because they don't need to. And once they destroy the Ukrainian military and the Ukrainians don't have the reinforcements and the supplies from the West or from whoever else in, a, in, in, fat, in, in, in enough time, their military is going to collapse and the Russians are going to control all of eastern Ukraine, which is what they want. All right. So uh, I don't know, Joe. I think I think what well, I've been saying this all along. Putin is trying to reconstitute a Russian slash Soviet empire, which includes not just the Ukraine and Belarus, but a good chunk of Poland. Correct. Uh, I you agree know, with you. Almighty, if he could get away with countries, it, Finland. If he could get away with it, and well, there's one. That he well, there's get away with, with it. what you're saying. He could, man. Well, there's that's what the Russians do. Well, well there's one thing warfare, politically. Multiple pincers. Well, there's something that there's something getting back to kind of the politics of it, since this is a political show, there's something politically that's going to be taking place out there in those what they call rebel held areas. OK, those um, ethnic Russian speaking citizens, civilians, uh, some of them are already trying to de uh, declare independence. They are going to have uh, political rep. They're going to have referendums 
on independence, which are going to be a scam. I mean, come on, you know, it's not like the yeah. vote's going to be legit, right? It's not going to be a legit vote, but it doesn't matter. They're going to have a, a vote and it's going to come out that they want to be independent. And then that's going to get sold to the rest of the world where it's like, hey, and then that's when you get Americans starting to say, well, wait a minute. I mean, if those people want to be free, why don't you just let them be free and let's just call it good. And then next thing you know, you have a situation where Ukraine is under pressure to let go of the eastern half of the country and give it up to supposed independent states, which they're not going to be. They're going to be proxies of Russia. And Russia's going to be just fine with that. And they'll declare victory and go home. Yep. And I think that's I think that ends up being a a, a victory for Putin, personally. But now we're, now we're seeing a separate situation form on the Finnish-Russian border in which the Russians are, are strengthening their, their presence along that border with Finland. They're basically threatening Finland with an attack if they dare try to join NATO because they're holding them up to some treaty, uh, to a treaty yep. from after World War II that yep. Finland would be neutral. Yeah. Yeah, and we're the only ones that have to honor thing. treaties. They don't have to honor the treaties. But you know, they had a they had a, a poll in Finland. It used to be forty percent of the population in Finland was for joining NATO, which is a losing referendum. Now it's up to sixty yeah. percent. Once the Russians start putting armor on your border, all of a sudden, hey, maybe joining NATO is a good idea. You know, so the yeah. Finland wants to join NATO now. And the Swedes, too, and it makes sense. I mean, me personally, I've dealt with both the Swedes and the Finns in Afghanistan, and they operate to our to NATO standard, not not as yeah, much U.S. standard, but pretty to much. NATO standard. Right. So it would it, so the transition would be easy. Now, the, the big risk is, you know, again, as I say, Putin operates on a different wavelength than, than any than any really any world leader. Well, I, I think I think do? these countries need to these countries need to all get together and say to Putin, listen, if you want NATO to be a bigger presence, keep doing what you're doing because we're all getting ready to join. And if you don't want it to be a bigger presence, that's fine. We'll remain neutral, but you need to get the hell out of Ukraine. We've talked about this before already <clears> on this <throat> on this panel that Russia was not expecting for NATO to do what they did. They were expecting Germany to completely fail in the cooperation of NATO. And we also talked about how if Ukraine had fallen the first week or two, we would right. be seeing invasions in Poland, yeah. Lithuania, and some of the other parts of the of, of Russia, of Europe. And we haven't seen that because there has been such a pushback yeah. in Ukraine. I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing uh, offenses coming out of Odessa and other parts of the country, of other parts of Ukraine. Uh, again, our intelligence on the ground there is saying that they've been using, they've been moving he the heavy artillery from the west to the east side of the country via uh, trains at night and with heavy machinery. So that's definitely happening. So we will see in the next two weeks what happens. <clears throat> if anything, we'll uh, Russia is about to default on about $100 billion worth of, of bonds that are issued in foreign and local because they're no longer allowed to pay them in rubles. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to move this heavy artillery over to the next topic because we spent <laughs> two thirds of the show on, uh, on the war that again, nobody's paying attention to. That's not um, true. So. You cannot say things like that. I can't say things like that because it's my show. Johnny's more worried about his streaming services. That's right. I'm more uh, I'm more uh, worried about Elon Musk here trying to buy uh, Twitter. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching uh, The Yard Sign. Uh, we appreciate you. Got Joe Wicker and Enable David Cabrera on the show today. Twitter gets Musky, Elon Musk, uh, really holding their feet to the fire after uh, putting up about uh, a little over $41 billion um, on, uh, you know, in a, in a uh, offer to purchase 
Twitter, and it uh, doesn't seem like there's a whole lot that Twitter can do about it. Uh, of course, there's all kinds of schemes happening behind the scenes. Apparently, there is uh, another investor that may come forward, but uh, again, you know, we're talking about a lot of money that not many people have, and uh, and so of course, if somehow magically Twitter happens to find somebody else willing to pony up that money, then I'm sure all kinds of investigations are going to start in, uh, into how exactly that money came about. What if Donald uh, Trump tried to buy Twitter? If he could have, I think he would have, but I don't think he has. That he doesn't, kind of he money. doesn't have that kind of money. No, no. Mm -mm. no. And, and, um, you He's know, rich, but it's like, why, Elon why reinvent? Like yeah, that's space, the thing. spaceship rich. The richest person. I'm world. going to Mars rich. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, after Bezos divorce, I mean, yeah, it kind of puts Elon at the top yeah, of the he, hill. Bezos can only go to the moon now. He, he can't make it to Mars anymore. <laughs> that's right. Um, but you, you know, the, the, the thing is, is again, you know, he's the kind of person that you can see that once he kind of gets hyper-focused on something, yeah, you know, he's going to stick to it and he's not going to drop it. I mean, we see the same thing with others like him, like Bezos, like Steve Jobs. Whenever they were hyper-focused on something, like that's all that mattered and that was priority number one. Mm -hmm. Now, I think this has also come about because we're seeing the other um projects in elon's life kind of finally heading in the right direction again mm -hmm, right. you know the gigafactory in texas is doing well right. um they're expected to put that cyber truck next year what about the um, flamethrowers though that that never happened right <laughs> that, never that was, was a that was a publicity stunt that was like a promotional thing. oh got it yeah that was uh that had nothing to it was like uh because they were all in promotion of the boring company right you know and right. um and, and that i don't think is going as well as a lot of people had hoped um you know people aren't digging tunnels but well they've done they've dug the tunnels over in la and they're 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 doing tests on it right now yeah. i just don't think it's quite working the way that they expected it to yeah. um and uh, it's not really alleviating the traffic situation you yeah. know so it's it's, it's certainly not going to be the the poison pill to uh, remove cars off the road so what happens now he he he, he he put the offer up. Mm -hmm. It was a good offer in the sense that the shareholders would have all made money. Twitter board said no, which means they've now turned down money. Yeah. Which some, I guess, would say, I'm not an SEC finance guy, but I guess they would say that that's not in following with your fiduciary duties to do what's good. Right. Whatever. And that's the thing. I mean, it's. I mean, um, I'm sure there's some clause that they don't have to do that per se, but. Well, and, and the, the Twitter stock, again, has not been in a place where they could really. I mean, now, I mean, it's obviously been climbing, um, you know, as people are hoping this buyout happens. Um, but, you know, I mean, let's see, three months, six months, uh, you know, in March, which it kind of hit its low um it, over the past uh six months it was at 32 dollars you know so right. going from 32 dollars to, <laughs> to 54 you know, to 54 dollars and change i mean that's yeah. a nice that's a he nice that return four, was that 420 thrown in there on purpose is that what he did <laughs> that's what they're saying yeah 54 dollars and 20 cents up from 30 something bucks i mean how in the world do they say no they say no because it's elon it's it's really been interesting to watch the media and just how hypocritical they are, right? Sure, right, because I mean they didn't blink an eye when Jeff Bezos bought the Washington nope. Post. Nope, they thought that was a great idea. Yeah, yeah he's saving the republic. That's yeah, yep. well, he's saving the, the the media. You know the the the, the and now they're like this is the, the end of free speech, the, right? Uh, no. He's going to actually promote free speech. Well, watching, right. watching well, the, they only want to advance the speech that they agree with. Watching the know. Twitter liberals go crazy was it was 
quite interesting and, and entertaining to watch that happen. I will say though, something that I saw that was very interesting was the ex-CEO Dorsey making the comment that the majority of the board is the reason why there's such uh, there's such problems right. with Twitter. And also he's the one that stated and shared, which I don't think is allowed. So he's probably gonna get fined for it. Well, I'm not surprised. that the uh, majority of the board owns absolutely no, no shares in the company, which is shocking. Well, Dorsey, you know, was kind of in the same light as, as Jobs in the sense that they got rid of him because they thought, okay, he's kind of taking this as far as it goes. Right. And then all of a sudden when it found itself in trouble, they said, okay, maybe we need to bring Jack back. Right. He did, but he wasn't even like the same person anymore, you know, and didn't quite have the vision, didn't, I, you know, again. And, and, and honestly, after watching, you know, I've been watching this, uh, this show about uh, WeWork and everything that they yeah, went through yeah um and you, you know these these boards i mean they they get a lot of say into how you manage the business yeah um and again sometimes these are people who are not qualified to make the decisions well, that's that why they're making. that's why companies don't i mean that's the that's the problem with going public right they yeah. they go public because for the money but then you give up control of your company so well and you got to make sure that you are putting people on the board that are going to agree with your vision with your direction for the company yeah eventually you know? that they, they lose control of that or whatever but yeah well that's what enable and i were talking about maybe this board is is not maybe this board is basically comprised of people that are friendly to the ceo and are just there to protect protect what's going on right. so so they're turning away the money and they don't even care because i mean financially they don't even have a vested interest because they don't even own any no, we did the research ahead of time and the majority of everyone on the board is making over a quarter of a million dollars every single month no Absolutely i know i know no i know they make money by being on the board but they don't even own the stock that's what i'm saying like they have a very cushy job right now right. on the board and they have for no some of them it's probably side money it's not you know right they yeah. probably run some other company and they you know probably hold other board seats and yeah and 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 so you know because we you look at elon and you look at all of his antics and sure like at first you know it kind of shook up his board a bit but now that they've gotten accustomed to how he is as an individual um they seem to be supportive of just kind of letting him be elon people people let their I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you shouldn't stand by your ideology. Hopefully your ideology is based in in some some moral principles, but but I mean it's almost like they you know, you're running a business. Mm -hmm. You're running a business. Whether you like Elon Musk or you don't, whether you like his tweets or you don't, I mean, you're running a business. Right. The guy wants to buy into the business. Why are you not taking his money? Like don't tell yeah. me that you're principled. Don't tell me it's your principled because you're not. Because yeah because actually they're showing that they're not principled by the way they're treating him right mm -hmm. because they act like they acted like like you said they acted like jeff bezos buying a paper was like the new way to go and this is going to keep out misinformation and blah 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 right oh so then when a different billionaire wants to buy in because you don't like his politics and elon i don't even know that he's a really political guy He's but political. He's, he's more libertarian. He's become he's, more political as of late. But he's yeah. known. But he's known not to be a leftist. Yeah. He's viewed right. more as a libertarian, kind sure. of a down the middle guy, thoughtful. You know. You know. Whatever. He's not bought in to the left, so they don't trust him. So they don't want to bring him in. Yeah. Because they're afraid of letting a libertarian run the company. Well, and he has what they call fu money. Yeah. That, yeah. that true. That too. That's you know, it. and so he's not going to play favorites. You know, Bezos, surprisingly, again, politically, um, has been pretty quiet. 
you know, that, you know, it's, it's, you know, you see Amazon kind of do the kind of typical corporate things, right. Right. You know, but him, he himself has, you know, seemingly been apolitical. Now, you know, he comes from, I think is a Cuban parent or parents, uh, you know, and so that would initially lead me to believe that obviously he's going to lean more conservative. Um, but then again, you see some of the things happening at the post, you know, that would, you know, also say otherwise, um, obviously he's leveraging the Washington post to also favor, you know, right. things that Amazon's doing and things, right. and, you know, and some of the other projects, oh, they won't even bring up the union situation that's happening oh, of course not. right now. It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy what's happening. I will say that the current CEO of, um, of Twitter it, at the time that he became CEO was the youngest CEO in, uh, of any firm in the, in the S and P 500. And I think under his Who, leadership, Dorsey? Uh, no, um, what's his name? This new guy. The new, the new. Oh, you mean um, right there? Yeah, that took over for Jack Dorsey. Yeah, Agrawal. Yeah, Agrawal. Yeah, Agrawal. Yeah. Um, under his leadership, it's been absolute. Uh, it's been an. It's been a disaster. No, oh yeah, because no he came. Pre he pretty much came flat out and said, "He goes, I'm going to kind of run this however I want." And, also, that he wasn't going to take uh, First Amendment rights as he's not going to focus yeah. on it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He and flat out what, said that wasn't his focus. Off yeah. Everyone when it came to that, and now you see that it's been a disaster since he's taken over. I mean, you can't you can't position yourself as this major communication tool and then restrict communication. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, or what, do you, what do you want to be? I mean, what do you want to be? Selectively restrict communication too, because it, again, we've seen that cons consistently the great majority of the people who've been censored are, are conservatives, are people on the right hand right. side of the aisle. Now that's not to say that they haven't censored liberals and some journalists and that sort of thing, but then you go and look at what's happening around the world. And again, you've got terrorist organizations that have Twitter, uh, Twitter accounts. accounts. I mean, Putin you still have, has a Twitter account, you know, right? Right. You the Ayatollah Khomeini right. has mm -hmm. a Twitter account, but Donald Trump doesn't. Yeah. Which Dorsey says now that it was a mistake when they removed Trump. Okay. I mean, well, undo it. Just, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can't now. But, but, he's only well, one, of, but, but this one is, of 17 but on this board. Is, but, but that's but, also but, easy to say once you've left the board. Exactly. Left but this the just goes to show how deranged these people are, though. They literally want us to go. And these are all a bunch of people that would never serve a day in the military. And their kids aren't going to go. Yeah. But they're more than happy to send a bunch of American kids to Europe to go fight Putin simply so that they can, like, own Trump. Like, they have this stupid idea that Putin and Trump are somehow connected right. just because the media said so. Right. It, it's never been true. Built that yeah. narrative. They built this narrative. So all these liberals actually believe that by going to war with Putin, you're somehow standing up to Trump. Meanwhile, Trump's in Mar-a-Lago, like, on vacation. Like, <laughs> right. I don't care what y'all do to Putin. Pretty like, much every day. You know? <laughs> and, and the left has got it in their idea that, oh, we want to own, we want to troll Donald Trump, so we're going to be anti-Putin. Well, you should be anti-Putin for a real reason, yeah. not Trump. And so, uh, you know, th this is how these people think, and they can't have somebody like Elon Musk coming in and saying, no, guys, we're going to be the world's biggest platform for communication as rapid as possible. Right. And we're just going to let that, we're going to let it happen. Yeah. Oh no, they can't allow that because what but if again, somebody says something truthful that the, outs the left? The sad part is, is that these corporations aren't held to any kind of a standard when it comes to their hypocrisy. Because again, it's not just, we're not just seeing it at Twitter. You know, we're seeing it at the NBA, Disney. we're seeing it at Disney, NFL. we're seeing it at the NFL, you know, we're yeah. seeing it, you know, in, in all, you know, aspects of our culture, you know, that you have these multinational conglomerates um, that, again, they'll curry favor 
to whoever has the highest dollar. Well, they act like they're taking us. They take like they act like they're taking principled positions, like Disney recently. Yeah, you know they're promoting all this stuff that's anti-traditional family or whatever. You know, yeah. and and getting people concerned about that because of the exposure to small children and people. You know, I think a lot of Americans are still trying to kind of throw. I think a lot of Americans are still trying to deal with like you know what age is appropriate, like you know for kids to learn about certain types of behaviors and things like that and you know whatever so i think while americans are trying to kind of figure that out for themselves and decide what to put in front of their kids you've got videos of disney executives talking about how they can't wait to push more and more and more stuff on right. kids and but this they really won't do it in china. stuff but in saudi arabia and in china and right. in basically any other country that says so they take their money and they do exactly what they're told and then they come to the united states and try to preach to conservatives about what we should be right. doing and thinking. And it's yeah. like, you guys don't even believe what you're saying. Yeah, they me. have no place to be dictating you, culture. or you, to be dictating. Yeah, you don't believe what you're saying. Don't, don't, you might as well take whatever's on their website talking about inclusion and diversity. You might as well take all that off your website right. because you don't believe in it. Yep. Because if they truly did, they wouldn't do business in those countries. That's right. They wouldn't. And it's not like this is new. It's not like no. China is all of a sudden, you know, turned out this way. This, if anything, you know, they've 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 just been consistent. And if they're honest about, if they were honest, here here's the thing, right? Like honesty is the best policy. If 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 Disney came out and said we operate an entertainment company geared towards children, yeah. and and adults, and we operate that company in in many countries around the world, and we gear it based on the cultural norms of the places that are watching our content and we have different content based on the cultural norms of those countries. I mean, people would understand right. that. No yeah. one would probably even give them a hard time, yeah. but no, they want to come to me and, and come to, you know, fathers and mothers in the, in the American economy and preach to us about what we should be putting in front of our kids, but they're not willing to say anything to, you know, no. And the worst part is, is that they're placating to, I mean, a single uh, not even digit a, not percentage even a 1%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To the tiniest, yeah. but the loudest group, but the tiniest group. To the right. mob. To when, this mob of people. When their largest market share should be parents and families. Yeah, and then they scratch their head. What, what's happening? I don't understand. Why? Right. why? Dude, who, who is Disney's customer? How do you not even know who your customer is? Sure. Do you really believe that your customer, that your main customer is the LGBT community like I'm not even I'm not even making a value judgment there but do you really believe that that's your biggest customer right it doesn't make sense yeah well and you know their their stock has also been down despite the fact that they're now charging for everything um and uh you know and they've they've here in Florida they're actually getting it from both sides of the aisle you know Democrats were supposed to have a big conference uh at Disney and they've uh, moved it here to tampa uh as a matter of fact um and uh -oh. and republicans have been targeting well because on the left you know they're protesting out there in orlando well the republicans have been protesting you know over this parent parental rights issue and then democrats are mad at them because of um they weren't loud wages. enough about, no union oh, oh, stuff oh union stuff you oh, know, okay. so wages oh, that, and okay. you know and, that'll never go well away. and for giving money to republicans here in florida you know, but it's primarily like union stuff. Does so Disney wages, provide, hours, benefits, that sort does of Does Disney provide low, like when I say low, not low income, like subsidized housing to any of their employees out there? I mean, they've got all this land and stuff and they build these neighborhoods. Do yeah, they no, any? they do. That's coming. Watch. 
what they do is well they are they're going to build it's going to it's, no, actually, it's basically going to be barracks but no, they're going to build some communities and then you're going to get it for like 400 bucks a month or something. No, so coincidentally I think actually about 2 weeks ago Disney announced that they are going to be building uh housing, you know, yep. affordable housing. Yeah. Um I think it's off off property. Oh, okay. uh, but they are going to be building uh affordable housing uh again to appease I'm sure to appease the local governments. Yep, yep. Um and and then uh they're actually going into the home building industry mm. where they're going to build these kind of Disney licensed communities uh, that I'm sure are going to resemble like celebration and that sort of thing. These kind of master plan communities, but those I'm sure are going to be incredibly expensive to live in and to purchase in. Right. Right. Um, and, 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 and so again, you know, the problem is, is that, you know, they're getting beaten up, beat up from both sides. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, they seem to be blind to who their actual customer is. Well, and this is just another reminder that despite the fact that they're trying to introduce, you know, homosexual characters and things like that or whatever to push that envelope, um, they still somehow have this principled position against gaming. They don't want any casinos anywhere right. close right. to Disney because, of course, that wouldn't be family friendly. Yeah. And we're trying to create a family friendly environment. No, you're trying to keep a monopoly on people spending money in Orlando. Right. And you don't want a casino next door. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's not principled stances. And I wouldn't have a problem with Disney saying, yep, we do not want a Seminole Hard Rock Casino next door to Disney. That's true, because it would take a lot of our customer base away. Oh, and yeah. we just don't want, we don't want people getting distracted at the casino till 3 a.m. and then not making it to the park tomorrow That's morning. Right. Um, and we'll be honest about that. Just be honest about it. Quit right. giving me this crap about a family-friendly environment. Like, come on, man. That, yeah. that, tra that, train station, that train left the station a long time ago. Yeah. That's not your Sadly. concern. Yeah, you know? sadly, it's actually true. It's not their concern. Yeah, so, all right. Thank you, everybody, for watching the Yard Sign, the most important and relevant podcast in politics. Again, don't forget, you can subscribe to the audio portion of our podcast anywhere you uh, catch your favorite podcast over at the Tech Overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, and Samsung podcast platforms. Uh, we also want to thank our community patriots uh, who are sponsoring this program. Again, uh, they're doing an incredible job in the community, not only being stewards of the community, uh, um, but also motivating people to um, get involved in the political process, uh, both as candidates, as uh, advocates, you know, for certain issues. Um, and uh, they're doing voter registrations. Uh, again, they're doing a lot of things to help out, you know, those in needs throughout the, those uh, with needs throughout the community. And uh, so make sure that you visit community-patriots.com for more information on uh, this amazing organization. Again, that's community patriots.com they have meetings uh on a monthly basis uh in pinellas county hillsborough county if you'd like to start a community patriots organization reach out to them through their website or their social media uh, again thanks to jeff hawks kim davis uh, for their support of this program and uh we'd appreciate you thanking them in return by visiting their website again community-patriots.com uh, it's all right. not just Republicans, right? I mean, they're it's like, no, yeah. It's I mean, a non, it's, it's a nonpartisan. You know, it's nonpartisan. Yeah. You know, um, you know, they it's about they, America. They will say that's right. You know that they, you know, they're the America. core of their political beliefs comes from the Constitution. They right. do say that, right? Uh, but they do uh, position themselves as nonpartisan, right? Um, and again, they're doing a lot of the things that 
the political parties used to do in our community you right. know they're they're um helping those in need they're doing community cleanups they're doing you know tutoring they're you know they're, they have all kinds of great right. ideas they have and, members that are like registered independents and things like that not necessarily right. republicans exactly. not necessarily trump voters things like you know that. very diverse membership yep, yep. Yeah, and that's, you know, and look, kudos to them. I mean, they're drawing 100 people or more, you know, every meeting. You know, they continue to grow on a, on a healthy pace, and, uh, and and they deserve it. I mean, I think when your intentions are genuine, again, people can sense that sort of thing, and uh, and, and they are they are uh, doing really well on their, on their growth spurt here. So, uh, you know, they continue to actually really be in line with where a lot of Americans are, which is um, not really having a whole lot of trust um, or fondness for either political party. Um, you know, there's a lot of there, there's a lot of resentment on both sides, and, uh, and and there's a lot of things that both sides could do better. And so you're seeing a huge growth among registered independent voters, um, and I think that's going to make the upcoming elections a lot more interesting mm. because you you are literally going to have to fight for every single vote. And whether people believe it or not, on the left, that's actually how Donald Trump got elected. He didn't get elected because he was a Republican. Oh yeah, he got elected because he because he demolished all the other Republicans. Well, we talk about moving the needle. I mean, right. that that was moving the needle. When you can move the needle among independents, when you can move the needle among uh, um, Democrats. I mean, that's how you win elections. I mean, you have to remind people almost that Donald Trump was the was not the candidate of choice for the Republican Party. Correct. Out of sixteen candidates, he was like sixteenth most desirable in the beginning. Well, and for the, for your traditional Republican Party establishment, people. well, the quote unquote you establishment, know? I mean, was I mean, making an effort to get rid of him. Absolutely, and they were they were crossing absolutely. their fingers that, and and they were working. I'm sure they were coordinating with you mm -hmm. know other whether it was inside the party or even with the Democrats. I mean they. They want. They hated him. They wanted him out. Well, I mean, because you know, I mean, they obviously had a lot of skepticism, given that you know, sure, sure. you know, in New York, I mean, he was registered Democrat. Yeah, you yeah, know, he yeah. was known to give to both sides of the yeah, party. Yeah, but primarily Democrats, because living in New York, that's kind of what you got to do. He had to do business um, in Manhattan. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, famously, there's a yep. uh, a picture of him and Charlie Crist. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, well, and remember, there were tons of Republicans that were like they they really were the the beginning of the the anti-trump movement really was started by republicans if you think about it Correct. the le the democrats yes. didn't take him serious right it was republicans that viewed him as like this threat you know yeah and uh anyway but it took off like wildfire and because of that distrust you were talking about yeah um that's that's how he got there all right, folks, again, uh, uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, we appreciate you joining us on tonight's show along with uh, Anibal David Cabrera, Joe Wicker. Uh, we're going to keep moving on as DeSantis gets stoned. Uh, there's a little rumor going around here in uh, our Florida political circles that the one and only Roger Stone uh, may be working against Ron DeSantis um, in terms of trying to create some kind of a feud uh, or some sort of rift between him uh, being Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. Um, of course, Ron DeSantis uh, has already said that as long as uh, President Trump decides to uh, run for office or gives at least the impression that he's going to be re running for office, uh, uh, running for president again, that he would not uh, be considering a run for president. And so far, all indications are pointing towards that. Um, but Roger Stone allegedly, for some reason, seems to be um, you know, going sour on DeSantis despite... You know, a lot of what we've seen is a really positive legislation coming out of Tallahassee, a lot of initiatives, uh, you know, that have been great for the state. Um, 
Roger Stone famously, uh, I would say, borderline obsessed, you know, uh, with Richard Nixon. You know, he's the kind of guy that I think once he's on your side, he's like 150% on your side. You know what I mean? And so I wonder if this is just an overreaction on Roger's part in the attempts to kind of protect Trump's shot or, or inclinations to run for president again. I don't think so. I think Roger Stone is thinking about Roger Stone. And at the moment, Roger Stone is someone that pay, gets paid for his endorsements. And because of that, I don't care what Roger Stone says. He has huge issues with Anna Polina because she wouldn't pay for his endorsement. Uh, there are other candidates around the around the state of Florida that have had the same position. I mean, Matt Gates dropped, I think, like twenty or $30,000 to get that endorsement. There was a, there's a, I think, Senator, uh, someone that's running for Senate in Kentucky that, that dropped $80,000 for an endorsement from Roger Stone. So I really could that's care weird. less about is what Roger Stone is saying. Yeah, it is completely legal. And that's why it's disgusting. And what Roger Stone is doing is disgusting. And when it comes to um, charging for endorsements, I think that's completely inappropriate. Um, now, where has that been documented? That he's been getting paid for endorsements. Yeah, just throw up my Venmo handle here. Or you can whatever. I know. Cash app, like in case anybody needs an endorsement. <laughs> well, I mean that's he, a pretty big accusation. I mean, again, I mean we've seen we've seen even wild. local. I mean, you know, we've seen local people promise money that never you know kind of comes to fruition when it comes to you know campaign donations. Um, you know, and and again to say that someone is charging for endorsements, not that that's anything new. Um, I mean, there's the company a, there's, has received a sizable twenty thousand dollar payments from Matt Gates campaign campaign committee friends of Matt Gate last year according to the FEC for filings this is all filing reports by the way you can see exactly right, where money sure. is going so it's sure. right deferred. and that's what I wanted to get to but he's got his own company he's just a, a company so you're just paying for a service his service is he for gives you a piece that, of paper so for someone that's talked so much on it. about saving the republic and everything else it disgusts okay me. but that doesn't explain what's his beef with DeSantis because DeSantis is not in the same position when it comes to endorsing his people so DeSantis has thrown a lot of shade on candidates that Matt, that Roger Stone is pushing um, for the congressional districts in Florida, especially in Florida, that's happening now. So I think that's why there's a lot of beef. I think I don't think it's an allegation. I think there's a lot of beef between the governor and the and video Roger that Stone. I saw was like not a hundred percent though. Like I mean, do we know for a fact that that's what he said? Do you what other or, s word do you uh, think he would put in there? I, I, I'm just saying it. Just it seem like like why is the video so abruptly stopped yeah, yeah that was you know what i mean well. like why isn't it yeah. a little more clear and and you know how this stuff goes right like people like to create conflict where it doesn't even occur like like things will get printed in legit media or you know uh outlets and the two people involved you know are like on the phone with each other hey did you know that we were like feuding over right. such such? like no nah, yeah. i didn't even know bro i i heard you know oh i heard you said such and such oh really yeah i didn't even I think know people that. in politics are <laughs> very petty and i wouldn't I mean, be surprised whatsoever the media puts out stuff all on. the time to create drama i mean they just want to create a story and I if you agree put with trump hector. in it i agree with hector hector think hector says uh his beef with DeSantis is that DeSantis poses the biggest threat to trump and i agree with that and stone feels that he has to defend donald trump to the end. I don't think it's defend Donald Trump. I think it's protect Donald Trump because that is his line Did, of communication. Uh, right, right. Roger Did, Stone feels that like he has a direct line to the president and because of that he's going to protect it. Well, no if that's his what. friend, that's his friend. That's not his friend. They're not for haven't they known each other forever or something? No, they haven't. I thought Trump I thought was Trump a Trump somehow, was a Democrat just a few years ago. No, but I thought they were somehow connected or something. They are connected through because, the years through because, the years somehow. Um 
I can look that up real quick. Uh, anyway, heck, did you remember what the connection? Anyway, is didn't did did did, did, well, did Stone uh, get an did Stone get a um a pardon from Trump? Yes, he did. Well, and, pff, there and, you go. Well, so, and, I mean, what, and, what do you expect, Roger Stone? Well, and Roger's been Roger's been a Trump fan day one. I mean, Correct. he's he been one yeah. Of the, so you know, I mean, he was one of the people that pushed him to run in the first place. Um, you know, because. Stone's always been a disruptor. He's been somebody I mean, who's I, wanted to, yeah. you know, who likes disrupting, you know, the establishment and, and the political process. I don't want to push a conflict that doesn't exist, but um, because right now, I mean, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis well, are not opponents. Are, they're not yeah. opponents. They have been okay. taking swipes at each but, other. But um, I think a lot of this is created because it sells, right? You throw Trump's name in it. You throw DeSantis, the most popular governor in America, probably at this point. You throw their names in it. it you're, you know, you're going to get clicks. So I wouldn't put too much into it. There's that too. Um, I mean, there, you know, and, and, and there's going to be that natural inclination of the media to try right. to drive, you know, some sort of, you know, sassy storylines. And, and if the governor needs to clarify, news. and if the governor needs to clarify something, I mean, he can pick up the phone and call Donald Trump. Yeah. And vice versa. What does the right? What, Trump is not going to call DeSantis. I Why? don't think either of them are talking he? to he each other. He endorsed him. Trump is DeSantis is governor because of Donald Trump. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll say I mean, that. I'm not taking. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, not I'll, to take anything away from the governor's yeah. political abilities and intellect and his performance. Obviously, he's yeah, done. I'll agree great. with that to an extent but, because again, but I mean, I mean it was a he got level. put on the map. I yeah. mean, he got put yeah. on the map against a popularly elected agriculture commissioner who had been in Florida politics for 20 years. Right. I mean, DeSantis wasn't well known. If you just did a poll in the early days, I yeah. mean. I mean, he was a congressman from Northeast Florida, which is a big deal, but that yeah. doesn't mean a lot of people in so Tampa was, even knew him. So was Adam Putnam. Yeah, I mean, so... I mean, he was a congressman from Central Florida. Yeah, so, I mean, Donald Trump came down, met with, you know, he met with DeSantis. Remember, they were on Air Force One, right. met with him. He liked him, promoted him, and shot his name up into uh, notoriety yeah. right off the bat. So why would the, these guys... Are, come on now. I think people not, are there's not think, a There's not I a I think feud. people want there to be a feud because there's, they don't... They right. think that... DeSantis is, and he has been hitting above his mark lately. Or last year, he's been doing it since the pandemic right. started. Really, yeah. he's been punching above his weight class, and now it's up to a point to where he is. Well, I think by far the favorite Republican governor in the country, which does leave him to a very big bright shiny target when it comes to the current uh, to president 45 do i think trump does not like DeSantis? no i think that's that he likes him because he made him and that and and DeSantis won't won't disagree with that whatsoever i think DeSantis has now um position himself to where he can be pre he can run for governor for president if the if the path is in that direction and but i think we all agree with the same thing if trump doesn't run desantis runs if trump runs desantis yeah, will not run and i don't, I don't think, think i don't think yeah i don't think exactly. anyone on this table is disagreeing <coughs> with that point and i don't think right. desantis would would uh go back on that Correct. um no, he doesn't know. need to no and it, and it would it would to. do far more damage he doesn't good yeah. those um, guys those those guys do not have to battle it out it makes yeah. no sense it makes no sense for either one of them yeah and and, and then again to an evil's point i mean roger stone is someone who um consistently you know likes to keep his name in the news he Correct. likes to keep his sure. profile high keep his brand up you know uh, you know silly he, glasses he's and putting out books and, he gets hired to do speaking yeah. engagements i mean yeah. you know part of his job is to stay relevant
compliment. Yep. You know, Bow ties and seersucker suits and right. funny, I just, funny I just, glasses. I just don't like the paying for endorsements. I think that is extremely inappropriate. Well, no, and of we've course. All been, I mean, we've odd, all yeah. been in candidate races before. And at that point, it's you, also... You go for... You get endorsements out yeah. of... For I always candidates. wonder sometimes, like, how these people make money. It's like, how do you actually make money? What do you, what do, you do? <laughs> yeah. What do you, you do you if you're Roger Stone? I mean, I guess you have to charge... You have to charge for speeches. You have to write a book and see if you can sell it. That's normal. I mean, what else can he do to make money? I mean, you can't be a lobbyist. No one's going to hire him. Right. He can't get hired. (coughs) Yeah. He's a personality and that's fine. Just don't charge for your endorsement. Believe in the people, not the, not the, the checkbook. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for watching. Uh, Again, this is the yard sign with Enable David Cabrera, Joe Wicker, your truly Johnny Torres. Thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe to the audio portion of our podcast uh, where in case you miss any part of the show, you can take it with you whenever, wherever you'd like to uh, catch up on today's show. Uh, Keeping us nice and strong above the uh, top 150 podcasts related to government in the country. Uh, Pretty excited and proud of that. And that's all thanks to you guys. Uh, uh, So we appreciate everybody watching uh for those of you listening to the podcast just take a moment if you can uh go back leave us a review uh even if it's a it's a, a star rating um in and you don't have time to write something out that's cool too uh, again those ratings and reviews go a long way in helping us find more listeners and so uh again thanks to everybody for doing that uh in regards to tampa bay politics um you know there's still the ink still isn't dry on the congressional maps so we're waiting to see kind of where those fall out um we're also uh it's also been really quiet you know i had a conversation earlier today with someone who owns a local newspaper and it's a small like community newspaper and we were talking about how there doesn't seem to be a lot of candidates um on the docket you know and 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 for it to be i mean april already uh i mean it seems late for anybody that hasn't you know, put their name on on the ballot to to think that, do so. I think that always point. happens with the 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 map, the redistricting years, right? I think for some reason, I think, think people are keep, waiting for the. It keeps people out. Well, because <sighs> think about it, as a candidate, do you really want to step out there when you're not even sure like how the district's going to go? Sure, I can you know, understand I think, that with the it, house races because yeah, that's a definitive. You got to live in the county. You have to live in your district. You need to live there. Everything well, you else. don't have to during before. Yes, but you have to live right. You would have to move if you got elected. Right. Yeah, that's right. the only caveat. Whereas the federal um, districts, congressional, you technically don't have to live in your districts that that you're running for, which is something I really. It's easier to get on ballot by petition because you can collect petitions from anywhere. Well, you can collect them from anywhere because the boundaries aren't. So yeah, I do agree with you, Johnny, that that I think people are still waiting to see what they're going to do. I think it's already moving around. And I I don't think the people that are in the position in their districts now are going to stay in those districts. I think we're going to see a lot of people move by the end of May, in the beginning of May, because Mm -hmm. I think it's May 15th. Some positions are kind of like. You know how it goes. Some positions are kind of spoken for. Some of these things sure. are kind of, some of these things are kind yeah, of sewed some up. Of yeah. Some of these things are kind of sewed up. You but know what which, really started? It's not that, always a bad thing. But what really started the domino effect was the fact that um, Jackie Toledo is not running in her district again. She's actually moving to a congressional district, District 15, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't know if that's going to stay on. If that's going to be 15 um, going forward, but at the moment she's, right. she's saying she's going to do 15. So that allowed for more people to move into 65, which is now her district, and that that would be her old district. But 
but that also has now St. Pete, downtown St. Pete, which is very democratic. So I think we're going to see the new state house seat has picks up St. Pete, picks up St. Pete. Mm. And so, which is very weird, but Mm. it's the way the cookie crumbled in that situation. See, and I don't agree. I don't don't think they should do that. I don't know. I don't agree with that. Is it an R seat? I don't think it's an R seat. No, it's not not an R seat anymore. They're giving it up plus two. Yeah. Oh, they're giving it up. Yes. They're giving that up. I believe 64. Or is also very because they knew it was going to turn, but that that's that means that they knew that the way things were going, that maybe they were going to lose it, so they go ahead and and get rid of it now. I don't know. I think they they it was always a democratic, um, right? Plus, right. Like yeah, one Jackie had been able to hold it. Yeah, Jackie's been able to hold it for a while, and I think what well, happened is they took look, from other county, other districts to allow those to be a little well, look, more redder. Look, look what happened. Look what happened in fifty nine. Oh, I mean, yeah. the 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 year prior, the year prior to me running, it was like D plus three or something like that and and we were able to hold it in 2016 and then by 2018 it was d plus five and we lost it and then it became d plus six and we lost it again in 2020 when michael owen ran and i mean it's like okay it's done so if the south tampa district was already d plus two they might have just saw the writing on the wall and said either we give this thing up now and make changes or we're going to lose it halfway well i think they did halfway into the next census but that district that you ran in i think now they've re they've reworked it to where it it's straight now. It's yeah. right. It, it's oh, running it's all the way down to like Sun City. Center. Yeah, it goes all the way down to Sun City. It's red now. Yeah. Um. But that. But that's just it, though. Once the district's like D two, D three, it's like okay, you're gonna lose it in the next yeah, couple of cycles. A lot so. of name ID or a lot of money. Yeah, and you need no more Democrats to move into the district. And, yeah, which and, is very you difficult. Know, which is so, because well, yeah. right, because I mean, if it's a D two, then really turnout is going to be your biggest factor. You know, if Democrats turn out, you're done. Yeah. Um, if they don't, then you know that's obviously going to swing in your favor. Yeah, because see, like, so House District fifty nine in twenty sixteen, Trump won the district by a half a point. Now, Representative Spano did better because he was a local guy or whatever and not as polarizing as Trump and everything. So he was able to to hold the seat, right, that year. Yeah. I think it was D plus four. Okay, then in 2018, when I run, it's D plus five. And it's like, okay, well, the district, it's going to be tight, but the district does perform really good because you do have some of those old school Democrats who really are Republicans. Right. And we thought we could squeak through and make it to maybe redistricting or something, and and yeah. we didn't. And then we tried again with Michael Owen in twenty twenty, and it was D plus six, and it was it was just done. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was just and, done. And so that's the the house seats that are, that we're going back and forth with the congressional maps, which I think we finally kind of landed on the congressional maps. They'll be they'll be signed and everything else um, by the end of this by the end of this week. I think um, was really meant to give the next Republican House, those additional like five seats. That's what I think is the way that this has been built. The way it's gonna flip extreme, the the Florida delegation for congressional districts is gonna be heavily Republican this time around. Uh, District 14 is now definitely a Democrat seat when it comes to where they're at. It it went uh, 58 to 34 for uh, for Biden, and then 61 to 37 for Gillum. So that's a heavy Democrat district. That's in the middle, that's South Tampa. And a lot of South Tampa. A I lot wish of we had before. that up on the map. I wish we could. Show I know that I didn't feel. It. I didn't. Write, do you, do you I have found this the, last second. Do you have so the then, state house seats up? No, I don't. No? Okay. That right. hasn't been really issued yet. Right. right. So we start. Of course, Miami, uh, Orlando will have two dis- two Democrat districts. Miami has a lot mm-hmm. of Democrat districts, and then uh, the whole and the, that's the rest of the country. He the rest gets of the rid state. of now. Now, what's interesting about this for the lawyers that are 
that maybe get in, involved in this stuff is um, there used to be a minority-majority district in North Florida mm-hmm. that looked like, I mean, it's, it's, you look at it and you're like, this is crazy because the thing was like a couple hundred miles Correct. long, right? Correct. From eat from like Jacksonville, squiggly line all the way around. It's crazy. <laughs> and everybody looks at that and you're like, what? Like, how are right. they together? And, and it was to produce a, uh, a black congressperson, right? Yep. And it was doing that. And did DeSantis get rid of that because he wants the legal challenge? Cause I know the courts had been taking up, the concept of majority minority districts and things like that and yeah. and it looked like some courts had had gotten to the point to where they were like guys we we don't this is not the 1960s we don't have to do this anymore right just let the people vote let them choose their representatives you do have minority representatives uh women and uh you know other minorities that are getting elected all around the country regardless of the makeup of the of the demographics of the population well and regardless of the Party too, yeah. and regardless of party, I mean, <laughs> I don't know the district, but like Byron Donalds, who happens to be you know, a yeah. black man, is he his district? It's it's solid Republican, yep. and Southwest and Florida. is it mm-hmm. is it is it like a bunch of old rich white people? I'm just Pretty assuming. Much. I'm just Naples, assuming. Fort Myers, yeah, it's Naples, yeah. Fort Myers. I mean, a lot right? of big money. Down district there. eighteen, yeah. District nineteen. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, so. Yeah. So the the idea that we kind of need to force that on well, the point on being people. is that he's African American. Yeah, yeah, the point exactly. So there 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 didn't there was a, wasn't a district carved out for him. Right, he just won. He won. Yeah. He ran because and won, he, and he won. He, he ran he beat, a great campaign, and, and he, he won. He beat a couple of self funded candidates. Yeah, yeah. and he yeah. beat some really solid candidates. What? And he beat. And all the other candidates were white, I think. So yeah, he beat, yeah, out, he beat right. out the white candidates. So I mean, in a majority white district. Uh-huh. So the point is, is that is that the courts are starting to look at this and say, guys, we don't need to do this gerrymandering anymore by race. That is DeSantis's um, point, or at least his his point and and slash his objective is is to to try to be more in line with the rules and as they are, and so that a, yeah. so that it's not challenged legally. And, Miami, and he's a Harvard and, law grad. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's thought this in out. Miami, I mean, in yeah. Miami, there are some districts are a little wonky however with the new maps uh, district 22 23 25 that's definitely up for grabs now 26 is basically uh, coral gable so that went republican real salazar fast. yeah yeah she'll so stay now, in that yeah scene. so now you're exactly so now you're seeing that really because that they went for it's it's a it's less than a 10 point gap when it comes to those districts the other ones are solid blue uh you're still gonna have your miami and your um Orange County and everything else, and it has two districts there. I think that will be minority uh, majority districts. I think that's District Fifteen. What's the one at the very bottom? Twenty fourteen. District fourteen. The Which one? That, one? The, the one. The one that has Key West. What is that? Oh, one? District twenty eight. Yeah, like what do you do if you? You're a congressman. You just <laughs> love life. Key West. I mean, you just like hang out. I think we need to do office hours in Key West. Yes. I definitely want to make sure that the constituents down there are being heard. Preferably at Sloppy Joe's. And it's, yeah. it's really I mean, consistent. You're just at Margaritaville. Yes. Yeah. We're going to poll- be doing office polling, hours at Margaritaville. The polling district is in Sloppy Joe's. I don't know if you know that. Is right. it really? No, it's not. <laughs> is it really? Well, I mean, that uh, wouldn't be surprising. That would be phenomenal. It's, oh in, a, it's in a restaurant. Anyways, the Florida. Key West. They the might not have Florida, any churches. The Florida districts are quite funny in the way they're going um you can definitely see the correlation between uh who voted for biden and Trump a lot of and red on that map for gillum oh, and DeSantis. Yeah. so yeah the the new lines if they elect the third uh DeSantis plan will be definitely uh 
20 to 20, 20 to 8 when it comes to Republican uh, You know, the Democrats and the way they treated COVID, all they did, all they did was push the remainder of their conservatives in their states to Republican, yeah. to Republican leaning or Republican states mm-hmm. and make our states more red. That's yeah, and I think, they did. I mean, as honestly, as much as we joke about it, you know, we talk about all the northerners that uh, came down, uh, you know, because of COVID yeah. um, in, from all over the country, really. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of them, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they have also registered Republican because yeah. they've now seen firsthand the impact of your local government being Democrat or Republican. Well, for the leaving. longest time. I know I kind of stereotyped, you know, um, people moving to Florida from the Northeast as government workers who have they voted for unions, they voted for high minimum wages, they voted for all these leftist policies, yeah. you know, that destroy their cities. They grab their pension and the first thing they do is hightail it out of there, yep. and they come to Florida and then they come down here and vote for the same crappy policies that destroyed their state. Right. And that's what's always been frustrating. But I think COVID changed it up. Oh, yeah. The people that left were like they weren't they weren't retiring. Yeah. They weren't they weren't pension they they weren't yeah. they weren't pensioners. Mm-hmm. They're like no, we're out. We're done. Like we're Californians, but we're done. Like well, we, we've stayed as long as we can. <laughs> we we're giving up and we're going to Florida. And the well, governor has said that that is exactly what's happening. That the he's seen the people that are moving here and they are not young coming families here yep. to change. They're coming here because of the system. That's that we're right. Well, in the COVID, right. you know, with families, you know, and parents, I think what they saw is first COVID. Yeah. And now what's happening? Like these parental rights. Oh, they rights literally bills, ran. They well, they literally you know, ran away from the disease. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they literally ran. But then you see COVID. what you know what happened in Virginia. You know when it came to to the parental rights bills. Yeah. Yep, you yep. know now we're seeing what's happening the governor now with said New Jersey. Decide anything about right in New Jersey now with implementing their you know LGBTQ curriculum. So what, into second graders, second graders, and first graders, first it's, it's and very low. Dude, first like, and second graders. You know, and so there was an op-ed in the New York Post that said for New Jersey parents, their worst nightmare has come true. Yeah. You know because they it, again it was always like oh you're just fear mongering. Yeah. That's never going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Like this is never going to come th- and then it through. happens and then it happens yeah i love it Chris- christian conservatives warned people and they yeah. didn't listen and they called us weird oh you homeschoolers and all you weirdos or whatever and we said look they're pushing this stuff on kids so so my son you know is is seven he does guys he doesn't know what sex is right yeah why would i want him to be have what so why would we even push yeah I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. he, he, does, he doesn't even understand the biology. If you yeah. can't pick why your own we... clothes, you cannot pick your gender. So I mean, why... that's as easy it's going to get. <laughs> why I wouldn't we... go that far. Why I would, we would. Even be... My daughter has pretty good taste in clothing. Uh, she does a pretty good job of picking out that's her own outfits. because she's smarter than you. But right now, <laughs> on average. That's probably true. That's probably... I have a niece. That's, I think, a, like, your your daughter's age, right? Uh, I think she's a, a little year. older. Yeah. That woman, Two years old. That girl is ready to conquer a small Caribbean country. But yeah, th- but the point is, <laughs> With is your daughter's help. But the, but the point is, is that is that people vote. We've always heard, you know, all people vote with their feet. Well, they really are. Yeah. they really are. I mean, right. at first, people fled northern states because they were scared of COVID. But and but then a lot of those people probably went back. But now families are picking up, and these are your middle America 
families that were like, you know, I was raised in California. My parents are here. I went to school here. I, I still like my state. I want to stay here. The weather's great. And then they're like, you know what? Screw this. We mm -hmm. can go to Florida and have mm -hmm. this. Yeah. We can have good weather in Florida. Right. You got New Yorkers. You got people up there. They're like, why are we still here? Especially now with the remote work opportunities. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many of these families yeah. with corporate jobs that are allowing them to remote work uh, re yep. uh, work remotely? Yep. You know, do you think that, screw this, why? let's get out of here. Why are we still here? Yeah, you yeah. start asking yourself, like, we're right. the, parent, parents took their kids out of school. Mom's not even working anymore. Why Dad's not working taxes? or whatever. Yeah. Why, why are we doing know, this? Yeah. yeah. And then why start, mask our kids? Why, you know. Yeah. And they start saying, you know what? Maybe maybe this makes more sense. And, and it's true. I mean, you know, people are looking at Florida as we look at other states. And it's almost like we're living in completely different planets. It's the great thing about the United States. Yes. Is that, and, and, and the forefathers, you know, talked about that. It's actually yeah. what makes America. One of the things that makes America great is the idea that we are a republic. Okay. Yeah. Of, of free and independent states who decided on their own accord to get together and make a country. Right. But they're all passing their own laws. They're doing their own thing, and they cooperate on certain things, like you know, you can't block the interstate or whatever, and keep people right. in or out. But other than that, we're doing our own thing down here in Florida, and it's yeah. working. Yeah, and, and because of Governor DeSantis, can you imagine if Gillum would have been elected? Oh, can you God. imagine the amount, what in the the amount world of would be going on and and cocaine? It would be insane. At the Capitol building would be insane. Oh, it would be like it would be like Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> Yeah. Tallahassee edition. Right? Uh, sure. Yeah. It would literally be like a file and from no, Hunter. And nothing really getting done Biden's because oh, nothing getting the Republican done. legislature would have would have literally just oh, would have sat on their hands the entire Well, yeah, sure. Nothing would have happened. Yeah, sure. Nothing would have happened. Just wait for the next election. So. Yeah. All right. Before we close out the show, got the a Hector wild. Uh, who's been hanging out with us on Crazy. Clubhouse, and uh, we'll let uh, Hector jump in here. He wanted to chime in on uh, the, uh, well, I mean, uh, not only the Trump-DeSantis conflict, but also uh, about the redistricting. Uh, Hector, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. You hear me? Yep. Hey, yeah. Um, going back to what you, Johnny, were saying last week about Disney and their whole conflict with Ron DeSantis. When you guys were talking about uh, all these people from up north coming here, registering as Republicans, I started remembering Johnny, I remember this clearly, you said that a lot of these people that came from California, from Disneyland, and from I think it's still called MGM Studios out in, out in LA, uh, that other park that Disney has in, in California, a lot of them are you know, flaming Democrats. So do you still see Orlando as being a deep bulwark of, uh, of democratic politics in the state of Florida and bringing it back here local? I mean, what, what race do y'all see being too, uh, really competitive? I mean, I, I see two of them really Scott Levinson versus Harry Cohen and County commission. And I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, Andrew Learned versus Danny Alvarez looks like that's going to be a good one too. I'm just trying to see. I just want to see what you guys think. Well, I think I think Alvarez is going to take that one hands down, no I problem. Agree. Yeah, I mean the geography no now works in his favor. Correct. Um, and and Learned, I'm pretty sure knows that. Uh, yeah. He's he's trying to position yeah, himself. Yeah, started sending sending out text messages saying how he uh, how he helped out getting infrastructure pro uh, road improvement projects. He texted yeah. him some phone number. Uh, uh, I don't know if any of you guys got it, but I got it because I live in this district. So uh, 
he wants people to believe he book. wants people to believe Hector that what's going on on 301 in Bloomingdale like somehow he got that, he money. Got that money. It's like guys, <laughs> come on now. Those of us that know better know better, yeah. all right? That's, They're all really worried. I mean, Castor's pushing hard. She's out there doing fundraisers. They're trying to make a case for her candidacy uh and 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 her case for re-election. I think they're all incredibly worried, especially the given the numbers. Yes, yeah. the vote the, the numbers wave. of voter registrations <laughs> that are now Republican versus Democrat. I mean, where uh, I, I truly believe, I think that Kathy Castor is nervous, uh, maybe for the first time in a long time. I don't think Kathy, to, I don't think Kathy Castor is nervous. And the only reason why I say that is because Hillsborough County is still sixty-two thousand votes negative uh, compared to the Democrats. Well, that district has yeah, typically the, gone sixty forty Democrat. Yeah. A twenty-point yeah, swing isn't impossible. But that's difficult. But it's really, really but the, hard. But, but guys, it, the it district. The district is going to be different because it's getting not redrawn. Hers. Not hers. Hers is almost distinctly, almost like a Republican, uh, almost like a Democrat district. Now. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna pack them in. Fourteen. Okay. They're gonna pack them maybe. in. And then the other thing too is remember is that, we keep having to deal with. Remember yeah. the we deal with this all every two years where yeah. the Republicans get angry at other Republicans mm -hmm. because we don't get excited about running somebody. Right. In South Tampa, it's like guys, it was drawn that way. It was drawn that yeah. Way. Now there's it was now drawn to be that allegedly. Way. You know, by all accounts, Jay Collins has a chance. Now, I I, I remain very skeptical, um, very skeptical of his fundraising, very skeptical that he has a, sh a shot. The only case that I will make in his favor uh, running against Kathy Castor is, is the fact that Democrat turnout is going to be incredibly depressed because... Biden is doing so poorly. Congress is doing so poorly. Um, and again, there's not really a lot of races out there for Democrats to get excited about in this cycle. And that's well, the problem, which is why you didn't want her to start fundraising and start really campaigning, because now her people are going to come out and they're going to come out in waves. And again, it just—I I don't think, think she has that strong a following. I think the rest of the—I think the rest of the state is going to show very good when it comes to when it comes to Republican wins. I do not have that same confidence in Hillsborough County as much as yeah. you might want to Northern believe. Orange County, Osceola. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, as much as as much as we may want to believe that you know candidates are who like are like the quality of the candidate is why they get elected i know that feels good but That's the truth true. is it, i'm gonna i'm gonna well, i'm gonna quote um uh, nancy pelosi she's the one that said in aoc's district a glass of water would get elected yes yeah if it was a Demer on the yeah. democrat ticket right? right so we have to face the fact that it doesn't matter how great your candidate is if the if the registration numbers are too much against you right, and so right. i don't know jay collins i know he's a green beret so that tells me a lot but um and i'm sure he would be great but it, guys it's 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 well, been 60 40 with not, some really solid candidates in go, the past well and not to go down that, that rabbit hole not <laughs> right. to go down that rabbit hole but yes that tells you a lot about him as an individual only because i was in the military <laughs> right it, it doesn't it doesn't right but only, it doesn't translate to anything it politically. doesn't it no, doesn't it, doesn't it, it really does not yeah. and and you know i'm the first guy that's that's a, a veteran and in politics to tell yeah. you you can't just run on that there's got to be more to you people yeah. are like okay appreciate that tell me something else you know that that yeah. matters like yeah. what what about schools what about this what about that right. I, got another, so. I got another question for you guys um i listened to potus on sirius xm and i remember a couple months ago they were saying that uh ron DeSantis has been flying around the country raising doing fundraisers raising money if he's not if he's not gonna run for president in 2024 then why is he flying around raising money because he's 
because he's going to run for governor. Yeah. Well, he's running. He's, he, well, he, he has to run for re-election. Four hundred. You know, he has a hundred million dollars in the. In, he still needs to run for re-election. Well, and let's let's be clear here. There there could be two scenarios here because one is we don't know if these are fundraisers for himself. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. question one. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. and the more That's likely, true. huh? That's true. Yeah. They yeah. They never specified right. these reports if it was for a Ron DeSantis campaign or. Yeah. Now that National being said, Republican congressional, whatever, or right. senator or Senate campaign committee, whatever. Yep. So yeah, that. And that being he, he said, up a good point. if 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 he's running to if he goes to I don't know, let's say Colorado to support candidate so and so or whatever, you know, there could be like a split you know, in the yeah. fundraiser yeah, and yeah. saying, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a share of whatever, yep. you know, yep. Yep. because your name ID is bringing in a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. You know, yeah. he is the second most popular Republican figure uh, in politics right yeah. now. Yep. And so I think it's more of him going across the country to help other candidates fundraise and, and help lock in some other candidates and, and hopefully, helps him. you know, right. Elevates and, helps his. Him. And, and exactly. He's building, what a lot of candidates can't do until they run for president, he's building his coalition now yep. so that when he does run for president, all these people are going to be in his court. Which doesn't have to be in 2024. But right. we would love yeah. it to it, be but, but, in 2024. You know what I'm saying? But, but everybody <laughs> yeah. talks about it like this is it. Like this is not it. The guy's because in his 40s. Joe, here's the, Joe, here's the deal, though. In 2018... Who was president when the Democrats won in both the House and the Senate in 2018? Mm. That's one thing that Ron DeSantis doesn't have on his shoulder that Donald Trump has. Yeah. Although you can, but that's pretty common. All day that, and yeah, night. That, yeah, that's that's common. also that's something yeah. on on Donald Trump is January 6th. What Hector what Hector's talking issue. about what Hector's talking about is that is that when you have presidents that lose their that their party loses control of Congress right. in the midterm, which yeah. is very common because Americans, yeah. Americans like to do this kind of shift. It's like, we'll throw a Republican in here. Well, let's give the Democrats a shot. Oh, I, we'll love, I love a mixed government. It's just that this time it's going to be like slam dunk, like let's go Brandon. Oh, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm so excited. Too. I mean, Biden, Biden's done. I, honestly, <clears throat> I think Biden's done great, da grave damage to the Democratic Party. There's nobody on their bench that that could have the same the same kind of they need to send him back to the basement. I mean, he, remember he spent the <laughs> yeah. remember he spent his whole campaign in the basement. I mean, the guy's presidency is about to go into the basement. They of the did White it House. to themselves. They <laughs> did it to themselves. The Democrat <laughs> leadership I, I is so old. There's no one. All on right, the bench. Joe. Sorry, buddy. It's back in the basement. You go. Yeah. All right, uh, Hector, thank you so much, buddy. we got to wrap up the show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, we know we went a bit long today, but we appreciate you for listening, watching, whatever, wherever you may be doing. So this has been the latest edition of The Yard Sign. Make sure you join us next Monday night. Uh, thank you again to Enable David Cabrera, uh, Joe Wicker, for joining me on the panel tonight. Again, make sure that you like, share, comment on uh, whichever social media platform you may be catching this on. And if you don't mind, subscribe to the audio version of our podcast over at the Tech overlords oh, at google <laughs> apple spotify audible amazon iHeartRadio, odyssey and samsung podcast platforms i was working uh, uh on behalf of everybody here at the yard sign we'll catch you next monday good night everybody good night bah, bah.